Welcome to Menopause Reimagined. I'm your host, Andrea Donsky. I am super excited to let you know about an event that myself and my business partners are putting on all about perimenopause and menopause. It's a live in-person event taking place on October 21st in Toronto, Canada. And we have over 15 speakers who are talking about all things perimenopause and menopause. We're covering topics like hormones, sexual health, testing, thyroid, nutrition, you name it, we've got it covered. And I'm your host for the day, and I'll be presenting our sleep research with my co-founder, Randy. I'm excited to meet you. I hope you can make it. And everybody who attends is actually going to get an incredible gift bag worth more than $250 from brands that we handpicked that have products for us in this phase of life that we approve of. So I hope to meet you there. You can learn more at thepowerofmenopause.com. I put a link below where you can learn more and you can register. So I hope to see you there. One of our incredible speakers who will be speaking at the event, her name is Julie Danilak, and she is today's guest. And I cannot wait to introduce you to her and to hear what she has to say about nutrition in this phase of life. And we're talking about all things anti-inflammatory. So Julie is a registered holistic nutritionist and a highly sought after anti-inflammatory expert. She's also a speaker and an award-winning author of four, four number one best-selling books, including Meals That Heal Inflammation, Slimming Meals That Heal, Hot Detox, and Becoming Sugar-Free. Julie had her own show. She was a co-host of The Healthy Gourmet, a reality cooking show that ran for three sessions and aired in over 70 countries. Julie has appeared in on hundreds of TV programs, including The Dr. Oz Show, Evolve with John Edward, CTV News, and The Marilyn Dennis Show. I'm excited for you to meet her and hopefully meet her in person on October 21st. Now here's Julie. Welcome to Menopause Reimagined, Julie. Oh, it's so wonderful to be with you. I was so looking forward to this day. I was like, whoa, I get to hang with my girlfriend, talk menopause, talk all things anti-inflammatory. This is such an important conversation. Thank you. Well, I'm so excited to have you. And I'm so excited that you're a speaker at our live event on October 21st in Markham, Ontario in Toronto. So I cannot wait to have you and be with you and like yes. hang out in person. So I know I love live events and, and let's face it when the pandemic crushed them, I've been looking for someone who's brave enough to bring them back. And you and your team are like, that's it. We're going to do it. And thank you for creating the sandbox for us all to plan. We cannot wait to hug each other live. <laughs> oh, I'm so, so happy to, to be, we're so happy to be that, be that those yes. people who did it. All right. Yes. So let's talk anti-inflammatory. So when I think of the word anti-inflammatory, you are the first person that comes to mind. You've done so much incredible work on inflammation. And really, you know, if I think back, I mean, you've written so many books and I want you to share them with us. But if I think back to when you wrote your first book, I mean, at the time, there really wasn't anything like it where, you know, we had heard the terms, we'd heard the rumblings, anti-inflammatory, but really you put it on the map. So why don't you, let's go into what inflammation is and let's please introduce yourself. I did the intro in the beginning, but why don't you share who you are and all your, your life's work really in this area? Oh, thank you. I'm so excited that my book, Meals That Heal Inflammation, has now uh, got new life. We are actually creating the 2.0 edition of that book because there's been so many incredible updates and so many uh, findings that we had to bring 40% new information and 40% new recipes that are updated because we now understand the 
anti-inflammatory ingredients so much more powerfully that I wanted to make sure people had the latest research. So what is inflammation? Inflammation is the body's emergency response system, almost like the red light that goes off on the dashboard of your car that says there's something terribly wrong. Please pay attention to me by having five very sharp symptoms. So we have redness, heat, pain, swelling, and loss of function. And what's interesting about the loss of function is that's the ignored signal. That's the one that we often don't really think anything about. For example, all of a sudden, it's really challenging for us to run up a flight of stairs. So we start taking the elevator. Or maybe our knee is starting to lock out because we have inflammation in the knee, but we don't really put two and two together that our inability to bend our knee is actually loss of function. And the worst one is loss of memory. So all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, I totally gapped on that. And where did I put my keys? And ah, all of those moments of lack of memory could be neuroinflammation. Mm -hmm. So we need to pay really close attention to the loss of function. And that's why I delve much deeper into what's behind inflammation, what's causing inflammation. Because the neat thing is you can actually solve all the causes of inflammation powerfully with anti-inflammatory food, which is so empowering. Mm, so empowering. Yeah. All right. So what, like you're saying, what are the causes? Can you give us some examples of yeah. we know that we're more prone to inflammation as we go into perimenopause and menopause, but what are some of those causes? So the causes all start with the letter I, which I love because think four eyes. So there's four eyes of inflammation. So imagine me as a, as a geeky librarian and the four eyes include injury. We all know that one. You, you injure your ankle, you roll it playing sports and it bugs you forever. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That chronic inf- inflammation that cause that's caused by that chronic injury, we need to properly rehabilitate it. So that's a big piece. And there's nutrition that actually helps really create the right environment for healing. So that's that's empowering. So past that, then we have infection, and we all know that one because that's how people responded to a certain infection in the last few years is if you had a profound inflammatory reaction to that infection, that could spell the difference between you breezing through uh, the said virus or whether it impacted you in an extremely deep way. So Mm -hmm. infection actually plays one of the largest roles in chronic inflammation. So we need to build up the immune system. And of course, anti-inflammatory nutrition is responsible for giving you the, the, the actual raw building blocks of your immune system. So it's so empowering that food plays a massive role there. And then getting into what we talk about, we definitely want to deal with irritations, which can come from toxicity, which I'm going to talk about in great detail when we see each other at the live event. And also want people to to really understand the importance of avoiding food allergies, food intolerances, and food sensitivities, because that's the biggest impact to the wall of the gastrointestinal tract. And our gut lining plays the largest role in whether whether we have inflammation, because let's face it, we've got 70% of our immune system and 70% of our nervous system along the lining of our gut. Mm. So the foods play a huge role in that interaction. And if we have leaky gut, where unfortunately there's a gap on the lining, that means that negative things are going to be able to get across into your bloodstream, creating huge inflammation. Mm -hmm. So once we close the tight junctures 
and create a better intestinal lining, all of a sudden we have a breakthrough in our inflammation and we feel the pain go down, which is so exciting. Hmm. And the last but not least, the one that I say for you is it is really out of balance when we are facing down our period and perimenopause, up and down, up and down. Hormonal imbalance. Hormonal Mm -hmm. imbalance is why women suffer from profound levels of inflammation that men just don't have to deal with. Mm -hmm. Men have one major hormone that is fluctuating, their testosterone, where we have this incredible three-pronged, hugely complicated cycle with these lovely peaks and valleys that have to be in perfect harmony. And when we are faced with extreme imbalances, as you know, through um, perimenopause and then menopause, Wow. So we'll definitely be getting more into that at the live lecture because there's one thing that throws off that hormonal dance and I'm going to keep it a secret until you see me live at the end. (laughs) But I think it's so important for us to face those four major causes of our inflammation. And when we get underneath them, support them all with healthy anti-inflammatory nutrition, Mm -hmm. then all of a sudden we see a beautiful balance come in and the inflammation disappears. And with it, our migraines, our brain fog, our irritation, our ready to kill someone, our unbelievable sadness, grief, anxiety. People have to remember that the brain is probably the most sensitive to this inflammation. So when there, I see someone with attention deficit, anxiety, depression, or memory loss, I know that in the background, there's so much work to do with anti-inflammatory nutrition to quench the fire of brain inflammation. You know, it's so interesting, Julie, that we do a lot of research at Morphus on perimenopause and menopause, and we have an incredible survey that has now over 3,600 responses. And we keep, wow. I'm, I'm on, we're on our way to 5,000 responses, and it's from our amazing community. So for those of you who are listening and you have not filled out our signs and symptoms survey, please go. We're going to put a link below that will take you. We have five of them up right now. And when we look at the top 10 most common symptoms of perimenopause and menopause, and this is from our research, this surprised us. Five of them are cognitive related. Five Mm -hmm. out of the 10. So what you're saying to me, I'm like, ding, 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 ding. Hello. Like, Mm -hmm. yes, one of the causes can be is from that inflammation that we're experiencing. Yes, absolutely. And one thing that bothers me so much is as the breach in the lining happens, if we have leaky gut, we have leaky brain, and we also end up with so many immune complexes because the food can enter the bloodstream, create an immune complex, and that can mitig- that can migrate to the joint tissue. And right. that's why women suffer from profound arthritis symptoms at a rate that's so much higher than men. It's so unfair that women live longer. We live like three to five years longer, but unfortunately we lose our health span faster, which is the time in which we're free of pain and and illness. And so I'm really here, my stand, because I know you have a powerful stand for hormonal balance. I am here to help people reduce their pain because I know that once we hit that pain-free state, we're unstoppable. We're contributions. That's the thing about being women. We are we are wired to be a contribution and to love and and be awesome. And therefore, I love that our work is taking women into their power and helping them find what they're meant to do in this lifetime. Once they have their health, it's their gateway to everything. 
Well, that's it. And joint pain, by the way, is on that list of top 10 symptoms. So it's a very common symptom that many of us are experiencing in pain in general. And by the way, when we have pain, our sleep is affected. There's so many things that are affected, right? And we know sleep is one is the number three most common symptom. So it's like, we're always kind of thinking, how does it all tie in to how we're feeling in this phase of life? What impact does stress have on inflammation in our body? Oh my goodness. It's directly tied because stress is, is, eating up so many of our nutrients. That's one thing that we, we often don't talk about as much as we could. Did you know, like our adrenals ask a huge amount of vitamin C under stress because cortisol to make cortisol, we require lots of vitamin C. So without that, you can see how vitamin C plays a critical role in the manufacturing of collagen in our body. So missing a, an important nutrient, boom, we're going to have a huge inflammatory response. Yeah. And then just think about all the B vitamins that our body gobbles up in order to cope. Are we getting enough uh, folate? Are we getting enough vitamin B12? Well, boom, if you're not, good luck, because without those critical B vitamins, now you're going to be set up for more brain inflammation. Because yeah. for us to have clear thoughts, we need huge amounts of those B vitamins. Mm -hmm. Another one that comes to mind is vitamin B6. We need it to metabolize our estrogen. So good luck if you have gobbled up a whole bunch of B vitamins in response to stress, then all of a sudden, are you able to send that estrogen down the correct pathway for breakdown to become metabolites so that you can get rid of it? So I see nutrition um, as one of the most important defenses when we're under stress but also I'll, at the event, I want to get into one other piece around how you can really help your digestion, really reduce your stress um, outside the box of nutrition. Because I know that here we want to really keep it focused, but I'm just super stoked that we're now able to help people manually turn themselves from stressed out to functional very quickly. And it's neat that we don't have to stay in this hyper-triggered state. We have a lot of manual tools to help someone bridge that gap and get out of stress. So there's that. And I think we need to also address generational trauma and deal with our childhood because we're the first generation. I think we're the absolute first generation that is starting to say the buck stops with me. Mm. I am not going yes. to move another uh, lifetime without addressing the fact that how many times were we told not to cry? How many times were we mildly sexually abused at school and, and had no one to go to? Yeah. And thank God a lot of the support systems are now ready to support the next generation. And the 70s kids, my gosh, between falling off uh, play equipment and extreme stuff happening around us, yeah. We're tough, but sometimes we need to allow that healing in um, because I think a lot of us are just in that hardwired functioning for others. Mm -hmm. And so I love when we can have the conversations that bring women into a state of, of self-care. It's so hard to focus on self-care, isn't it? Like I find a lot of women, um, yeah, they, they don't give themselves permission to have enough self-care. Yeah. And self-care, some people think that it's a selfish thing. You know, yeah. there's so many, I think there's so much information around it or thoughts or program, old programs that are around it. And it's so important because 
And I love what you said about Gen Xers, you know, like we are tough, but we do yeah. have to let, we do have to allow it in, right? Like whatever that is, including our self-care. So taking a few minutes, whatever that means for you is crucial because we're that sandwich generation that's taking care of, you know, if you have kids, taking care of your kids, your siblings, your family, and then also taking care of your aging parents. So you kind of were right in the middle of all of that, right? So if there's, we have a, you know, a lot of pressure on us. And I do agree with you. I do believe that the buck stops here with Gen X. I believe that we are just not going into menopause and perimenopause lightly. I believe we're talking about it more. You know, I, I know I, you know, my mom, she's been on my TikTok page a lot and we, she's very open about the fact that as a baby boomer generation, I mean, she never spoke about it with her friends. She never talked to her mother, her doctor, like it was a taboo topic. So now we are talking about it more, which is great. And I'm so happy to see it. And hopefully by the time the younger generation, well, I do believe by the time the younger generation gets to this stage, it's going to be like a whole different thing. Kind of like how periods are like, it's so open now. Like it's not, it's not a taboo topic anymore, really for the most part. I mean, my girls were learning about it in school. They talk about it like, oh yeah, whatever. Like it's so not a big deal, you know? So that's where we're going with menopause. Uh, how interesting that you bring that up because we, I was old enough. I won't put you in that camp, but I was old enough that we still um, bought um, the actual pads with uh, little tabs that went into a garter belt. Like I didn't, I didn't even have the sticky ones that went oh, on your underwear. I believe we're the same age. So we would, but I yeah. did not know about that. I'm like, well, that's so funny. Like, Maybe I was to... living rural. That was why. <laughs> I'm like, what? That's so interesting. And did All you, right. did they put them in a paper bag for you when you went home? So you weren't embarrassed. You weren't embarrassed. It. Exactly. Okay. So let's so talk funny. about food. Let's talk about what we can do. Yes. So is your, so that is your thing. What can we yes. do to help to quell that inflammation? Well, a big piece is omega-3 because the fats that we eat actually give us an oil change. So every cell of your body has a phospholipid layer. And what's interesting is we have these many different types of fats and I'll break them down to, to the simplest ones I can talk about. So omega-3, omega-6, omega-9. There's also omega-7 in there, but let's just really focus on omega-9 um, and saturated fats. And so if we have a balance of these fats, our body are incredibly happy. But unfortunately, there's 20 times the amount of omega-6 yeah. in the Canadian and American diet than there is omega-3. Yet back in ancient times, the ratio was one to one. Back in Paleolithic times, when you think about it, if you ate an animal, you would probably get lots of omega-3. If you ate fish, which was a huge part of that time period, because of course, everyone lived closer to the water. And if you ate seaweed, if you ate a lot of plants, all of those had omega-6s in them. Oh, sorry, all of those had omega-3s in them. <laughs> so omega-3 was a key piece that our body and our brains, our brains are made up of a huge amount of fat. Yeah. And we need a, a massive amount. And unfortunately, less than 0.1% of the diet right now is omega-3. So by putting that in, we know that the form of omega-3 called eicosapentaenoic acid or EPA for short is profoundly anti-inflammatory. And that will help to turn off the inflammation in the brain, help to truly make sure that our gut is healthy. It's also incredible as um, a tool for healthy mobility of the bowels. So a lot of people focus on laxatives and irritation when in fact we should be focusing on omega-3 fats because it works to gently move the bowel without forcing it. So we don't end up 
swinging because a lot of people will take a laxative. Now you'll have a day of diarrhea where we want to actually have this really nice balance. So omega-3 key. And then of course, going through the rainbow is incredibly important because every single uh, color has its own nutrient tie-in. So when we look at vitamin A, it's typically orange. So the beta carotene itself is orange and that's where the squashes come in. That's one of the great sources that feels so good. So when we eat squash and we're getting that beta carotene, that's turning into the, the actual vitamin A we need inside our body. And that flips over the cells in the gastrointestinal lining in the lungs, reducing inflammation. Vitamin B is actually typically green. So all of our peas and our beans and our dark leafy greens, they all have rich amounts of B vitamins. So I really say let's eat more green foods, but make sure that there's something that you tolerate. Because I don't know if you've noticed, but some people will eat a huge head of raw broccoli and then roll around going, oh, I can't digest that. Oh, it feels terrible. So can we make sure that we break foods down so that it's in a form that works for you? And then of course, I'll just hit one more, which is vitamin C foods. A lot of vitamin C is very bright and colorful. So our purples and our reds, think the red pepper, red pepper is 300 milligrams of vitamin C, which is nature's richest source that we know from a culinary perspective. And it just tastes so darn good. So having the colors actually fulfill the nutrients we need to reduce inflammation. So what are some examples of omega-3s? I'm going to bring a, go back there mm. for a minute and then go into the vegetables. Yeah, I love that. Omega-3, the highest source that you find is within fish. And not everyone tolerates fish or some people are concerned about fish. So if we want to focus on fish, the tiny little fish, the sardines, the mackerel, the anchovies, herring. the sardines, and um, herring. and herring. So the acronym is SMASH, which mm. I find really cool. So I think smash when we think omega-3, small little fish that don't have the mercury and that breed really quickly. So they're not, um, they're not a threat to the ocean uh, over harvesting them and then moving on to algae. So for vegetarians, please focus on algae oil. And there's some great ones out there that are pre-converted to EPA, which is actually really important because most people who focus on flax and chia, they're not getting pre-converted omega-3. Their, their, their omega-3 is unfortunately hung up as an ALA, which has to be enzymatically converted. And if you don't have the power because you're in menopause or you have inflammation or you, you smoke or you're super stressed, you actually don't have the nutrition you need to make enough of that enzyme. And therefore it's hung up as an ALA and not turning into its anti-inflammatory EPA form. So it's a big thing I try to get people to understand is let's convert the nutrition you have and make sure you have the digestive power to make that really glow in your body, make it truly anti-inflammatory. What are your thoughts on chia seeds? Because I mean, flax seeds I like in terms of ground flax seeds. And if you're going to do it no more than two tablespoons a day, but also make sure it's in the fridge or freezer because it can go rancid pretty quickly and it has to be ground. Very important. So Mm -hmm. you can like grinding it before you eat it. But what are your thoughts on flat on chia seeds? Because from what I've read and I've learned is that too many chia seeds can actually muck up the gut. And I'd love to hear your opinion on that. Well, I uh, recently did a deep dive into that 
because I used to have lots of chia recipes and they're all gone. And here's why, because unfortunately chia does have a difficult lectin and it also has a very, very high oxalates, which is a anti-nutrient. And what's fascinating is that flax does the identical thing in the culinary world of creating like a, um, an egg substitute, yeah. but yet it doesn't um, create this um, spike of oxalates. And what's wrong with oxalates is the oxalic acid has a tendency to create crystals in your joints um, and also can cause problems with your urinary tract. So women end up having frequency of urination and they can have kidney issues, kidney stones, which can really accumulate as we get older. So I have actually let go of chia and I used to be a huge fan of them. I'm happy to so, hear that. another update. Yeah, no, and I'm happy to hear that because, well, things are always changing, right? So I'm happy yeah. to hear that because I'm not a fan and someone recently had said something on one of my social media platforms and I'm like, yeah, I'm not a really big fan of chia seeds. So I'm happy that you explained that the way you did. So we go back, let's go back to produce for a second. So you've got the fruits and the vegetables, you've got the omega-3s, in terms of how much we need, because we know that food will, you know, we want to make sure we get enough in terms of dosages. So how do we know that we're getting enough of it? How much of the, of the smash fish should we be eating a week in order to get our omega-3s? Are we getting enough through that? Because at, at Morphus, we launched omega-3 tea. So for me, launching a fish oil with the EPA to DHA, a one-to-one -one ratio was really important because you know, and I remember hearing you years ago talking about EPAs, eat the pain away. I remember that I yeah. one of the lectures <laughs> that you, uh, this was years ago that I heard you talk about it. And um, so for me, having a supplement to supplement our diet with was really important, but I'd love to understand the dosages in the foods that you're talking about. So it's so interesting you mentioned that because I actually really did a deep dive and it turns out that to get your daily needs met, you, you would need to be eating a, the equivalent of, of well over 10 servings a week. And most people are eating less than three because of their concern around mercury. Right. For fish. So I'm not going to lie. I try my best to get things from food, but I do supplement, um, with omega-3 omega because I need to use it like a drug at this age. I have had an unfortunate accident where I fell out of a river rafting trip. I was going over a 12 foot waterfall and I tore my labrum in my hip, which is where the ball and socket meets. So with this terrible labrum tear, mm. every bite of food makes a difference. And I take very powerful anti-inflammatories to not need drugs. So that's where, if you're a woman in pain, if you're somebody who's dealing with a leaky brain, if you're dealing with memory loss, if you're dealing with attention deficit or anxiety or depression, like just know that, that omega-3 works for all of that, right? Like that's the crazy thing is omega-3 helps you make more dopamine, helps you make more serotonin. It's such a key piece that I just no longer think it's going to come from my diet. And, you know, I love tins of mackerel. I love sardines but we have to remember what we're eating. We're not eating the fresh fish. We're eating it in a tin. And therefore, are we getting the pre-converted perfection version of that nutrient where when we get it in a capsule that's enteric-coated or has dark coatings, there's no light getting at it. It's really at its peak of freshness and the highest amount of EPA. So that's one of the few nutrients that I do try to take daily out of the fridge. 
Well, I'm happy to hear that because I mean, listen, you and I are both nutritionists. We went to nutrition school. We've both been at this for, I think I've been at it for 18 years. How long have you been a nutritionist for? Since 1999. So I'm going on 24 years. Yeah. Amazing. So yeah. we both believe, you know, food is thy medicine. We First, know that, right? Yeah. But at the same time, I'm happy to hear that you do believe in taking certain supplements because, and that's my, you know, my take on it too, because we can't out supplement good nutrition. We need to focus number one, ladies. And you hear me say this over and over again, nutrition, lifestyle, those mm -hmm. two go hand in hand. Then we add in the supplements because most of us, you know, we're busy, we're on the run. You know, we're not getting as much fiber as we need. We may not be getting as enough, enough fish and for good reasons, because of mercury or other things, pollutants in the environment. So it's really important that we supplement with the things that we need most, whether that be omega-3, uh, fiber, whatever that is. So I'm happy to hear that that's your take because that's my take too and why we launched the specific vitamin supplements that mm -hmm. we did as part of Morphous. So I'm happy mm -hmm. that, um, I'm happy to hear that because it, it yes. definitely is um, to get, and, and I'm happy that you're honest also about how much you need to eat of it as well, because I find that as we get into this phase of life, a lot of us aren't eating as much as we did before. I hear oh, that over so and over again from women. I'm like, I'm not eating so much, you know, so, or, you know, how come I'm having an issue with weight? I'm not eating as much as I used to, or so whatever that is. So um, I think that's an important point to make. So thank you for that. Yeah. And I would love to um, really address that elephant in the room because you and I have been able to powerfully move through that blip. Like there's a blip where your metabolism is sitting at the crossroads and you can go right or you could go left and you need to make an Olympic effort when your weight does start to shift to, um, to really address the hormonal imbalances that are in the background of your metabolism breakdown, because I did gain weight as so many women do. And I went, okay, I got to address my thyroid. I have to look at my blood sugar balance. I need to look at all these things and, and walk my talk and also address the impact of the stress of what you're going through. Even though you eat less, you're going to be attracted to the foods that derail you. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. we can't really trust our emotional intuition when it comes to the change of life because it's just such a freight train that's going into a potential derailment that I think we need to uh, sit down with somebody who who's walked this path and say, okay, what do I need to do to get my nutrition back on the rails? Cause it is so easy to under eat, but over do insulin spiking carbohydrates, which we'll definitely get into in the live event. And it's so true because I mean, for me, I gained 20 pounds when I was in perimenopause. I think I remember it was 2016. You were at our, you, you were at our uh, set here. And I yeah. remember I interviewed you at, at the time it, we were talking about, I forget what it is, what we were talking about. And I had said to you, I'm like, Julie, like I'm, I'm experiencing all these crazy symptoms and like, do, do you know what's going on? Cause I had put on a ton of weight and tons in my chest. Like my chest got huge. My belly got huge. And I remember putting on ton, uh, a ton of weight. And at the time, like I didn't even know much about it. Right. Like I was just learning myself. So I think talking about nutrition is so important because it's, it's a hard one for so many of us because we're thinking we aren't eating as much. I don't understand. I'm not taking in as many calories, but yet I'm still putting on all this weight. I don't feel good. And, and by the way, you mentioned thyroid and you mentioned, you know, there are other factors that come into play. I'm right now having thyroid issues that I'm dealing with. And I put on 
quite a bit of weight because of it. So there are sometimes there are external factors that are going on, like gut health, like thyroid health, like things that are happening that we do need to address it. You know, and I always say it's not our fault, ladies, it is not your fault. Like so many, so much of this is not your fault. So stop blaming yourselves, but at the same time, take action. So I love that you said that, like we are empowered to be able to look at our food, our supplements, managing our stress, getting blood tests, going to your doctor, getting tests done to help you determine what is actually happening with your body. Absolutely. And a big piece for me was if your thyroid is having an attack from your own immune system, if you have antibodies going through the roof, Hashimoto's. then we really, yes, Hashimoto's, we really need to address the gut lining because we need to prevent your immune system overreacting and the biggest piece is helping women break up with gluten. And that's what I've become an expert in. I, I try to be a magician in the kitchen so that you can actually have all the treats. Because if I don't provide a cookie, a muffin, a bread that's free of inflaming ingredients that will attack your thyroid, gluten unfortunately looks like your thyroid. So when your body consumes gluten, it's like red alert, red alert. And then it goes after your thyroid even more. And yet I hear a lot of women with Hashimoto's saying, oh, well, you know what? I found out I'm not celiac, so I'm going to continue to eat bread. And I'm like, mm, I'm, mm, I won't say it until you ask for my opinion, but unfortunately, yeah, it's a, it's such a big piece, ladies. And, and luckily, we're not living in the 80s where health food tasted like cardboard. Oh We're God. now living in yeah. a time when in your corner grocery store, you're going to find a very palatable bread replacement that's going beyond gluten-free. It's now often grain-free. Yeah. And that's really going to truly ease the burden and help your gut heal. And then also things like dairy, things like soy. I mean, these are these are foods that we know can affect our thyroid, especially if you have Hashimoto's. So that to me, like, is an important piece. So I'm happy that you're bringing it up. What are some other foods that we be, need to be mindful of? Like, do you do much around seed oils and the work of Dr. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. And the, and the latest book, my gosh, such a deep dive into the types of oils we consume because Amazing. it's so cool. They're the oil we eat is either an oil change, almost like the 10 man where all of a sudden you can move and feel fluid or you're locking yourself up with these inflammatory oils, making the cells rigid because you lose communication with other cells. If, if your, if your phospholipid layer gets jammed up with these oxidized omega sixes that are in canola oil, corn oil, cottonseed oil, all the genetically modified oils that also carry glyphosate, because of yeah. course all of these plants are heavily, heavily sprayed. There's just so much to unpack here. But the 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 bottom line is if we can focus back on the authentic fats that we're meant to have, and we've been shown that through the Mediterranean, through the through Asia, it's it's the omega-3s. It's a lot of olive oil because olive oil, but it's got to be real olive oil. Yeah. Not so with canola oil. <laughs> yeah. Did you know, like when you buy oil in Costco, for example, be very careful looking at the origin. Is it packed in glass? Is it dark glass? Is it actually one single farm or is it a huge conglomerate where they're able to mix it down with four different oils and still call it olive oil. If it's extremely cheap, if it's under 10 bucks, it's probably garbage oil. And there's slippery business 
going on where unfortunately oh, wow. they're able to call it olive oil with like 1% olive oil and 99% corn oil. And they'll just add a little bit of say chlorophyll to it to make it look green. And then all of a sudden think, oh, oh. yeah, that looks like olive oil. Well, olive oil should should smell and taste grassy. It should go cloudy when you put it in the fridge because it's not an omega-6. It's, it's, a, it's closer to a saturate and it's extremely solid. So definitely do those tests, like stick your olive oil in the fridge, check and see whether it goes cloudy and almost solid because then you'll know, oh yeah, this really is omega, omega-9. This is the good stuff that's going to heal me. And if it doesn't go solid, then it's not real. Is well, it? if it it needs to go at least cloudy, cloudy. If okay. it, it if it's if it's if it's running clear like your canola oil salad dressing, know that it's not olive oil typically. And uh, you can also smell solvents coming off conventional oils. Oh. So if you smell an oil and it's not like rich and grassy and it doesn't have that nice olive taste to it, it's probably cut with a junk oil. You know, it's so frustrating. I mean, we wrote, I mean, you know, we wrote our book on junk your junk food so many years ago and looking at the ingredients. And I know this has become mm -hmm. a very big passion of yours is how do we, as a consumer listening to this and going, well, I shop at Costco all the time. I shop at Costco all the time. How I do, do too. Know, <laughs> how do we know what we're buying is really what it says in it because there's so much misleading information that's allowed on our labeling on our packages. So mm -hmm. how, what are some, what are some tips that you could give to our listeners to be like, okay, Here's how you know that your olive oil is real. Here's how you know your avocado oil is real. Here's how you know your mm. food is really what they say it is on the label. Well, one thing that I do at Costco is buy a lot of raw materials. So when it is that product, for example, my favorite thing to buy at Costco is macadamia nuts because in a regular store, macadamians are, are literally highway robbery, but they're butter balls. They're my favorite treat because they are so high in these healthy saturates and, and omega-9 and virtually nil, there's almost no omega-6 in them. And they are what they say they are. You can see that they are just macadamia nuts. So that's what I really do a lot of there is I get my raw materials for baking there and I go uh, get some really nice wild fish there and I'll buy organic eggs there. So it's really nice to see. And when it says certified organic, we know that there's a secondary body that checks in to make sure that there isn't any shenanigans. Like to become certified organic, there's a paper trail that all the inputs actually have to match the outputs so that people can't cheat. I had a girlfriend who was actually an organic um, certifier. So she really helped me understand how rigorous. So that's why looking for certified organic is really worthwhile. And I, that's how I navigate that store um, because there is some wonderful finds there. So I lean into it because let's face it with food costs, they just announced that food costs have officially gone up 11% in one year. Ugh, that so Hold on. That means the food costs in the last thousand years took a thousand years to get to this price. And they went up another level. Like it's never supposed to be more than 0.1% a year. Like how so did it expensive. go out? It is. It's so expensive. To so expensive. Food now. It's it is. Yeah. So I really empathize. And if people are like, I can't afford organic, then just simplify to um, buying items that are not highly processed. Because when people say I can't afford healthy food, I said, actually, you're already affording junk food. And if we can 
leave people with the thought that I just did the mathematics on buying a box of Pringles on a sleeve of Pringles, 185 grams for $5. That's the identical price of the most expensive sirloin steak, free range grass fed sirloin steak. So when people say, oh, I can't afford it. But if you're leaning into McDonald's or Pringles or any of these foods to self-soothe, because they're cheap and cheerful, they're actually the most expensive thing on the menu. Because if you think of a junky chocolate bar and actually do the math for the equivalent of raw cacao, they're actually the same price. Hmm. French fries, come on. They're the most expensive thing you could possibly stick in your mouth. It's so expensive. So that really helps me feel better because a lot of people have this idea of, I can't afford to be healthy, but the, the cheapest things organic eggs, organic sunflower seeds, organic pumpkin seeds. These are so cheap. So we can lean into them, make them taste really good, you know, by roasting them up, putting a little sea salt on them, making them really like a treat. I find I'm able to break up with the junk food that's causing my hormones to go in the dumpster. And also when you think of it, you know, gram for gram, however you you measure it, whatever country that you're in, is that you might be getting less but because these foods are dense and they're full, like they have nutrition, you're not going to eat as much of it. You're going to get yeah. fuller faster, right? So if you yeah. actually look at it, because you know eating the junk food, I mean, yes, it is. You know, listen, eighty twenty rule. That's kind of what I go with. Well, eighty twenty. You want to be able to. Food is is a sensory thing. It's you want. It's an enjoyment thing. It's a social thing. So if you want to, you know, eat the junk food at twenty percent of the time, go for it. But that eighty percent, eighty percent of the time, just looking at things that are going to feed you with that nutrition, especially as many of us are eating less, you want to make sure you're at least eating nutrient dense foods that are going to provide you with the nutrients that your body needs so that those omega threes, your vitamin C, your Bs, all those different vitamins that we, you talked about earlier. So it's important. It becomes down to food choices, really. It comes. It down does. To and I just want to say one thing about the 80-20 rule. It really depends on your goal. So yeah. if you are somebody who's vibrant and you're athletic already, and um, you're out with your friends and like, who cares? Like you can afford to eat what you want, but if you have severe autoimmunity or you, your bowels are falling out you have like profound colitis, like I did, like people don't know that I had arthritis, colitis and bursitis at the same time. And I just felt like I was dying. Yeah. And in that feeling, you'll let go of junk because nothing tastes as good as healthy feels. So you chase your health versus chasing that one taste for five minutes. So that's, that's one thing I just want to offer back. Cause I know that that 20% of partying with the pizza on the weekend might be causing the constant flare of autoimmunity. So I know some people are, and I totally applaud you for being like, you've always offered that incredible middle ground, which is important for people's mental health. And I'm just here as the anti-inflammatory nutritionist, helping people who are in profound pain. And maybe we want treats that, that don't hurt us tomorrow. And, but to each his own. And that's why we can coexist because it's, everyone has a different goal. I get it. Absolutely. But I agree with you hundred percent. If you're dealing with an issue if you go off that, then it's going to create that inflammation. So it becomes not even worth it at the time. Yeah, right. So, exactly. you know, it's interesting. I remember, and I, I share this story a lot is seed oils. Let's take seed oils. For example, I have yeah. become very adamant about not having no 80, 20 on the seed oils at all. Like I nice. really try to have no seed oils in my diet. Now, if I eat out, 
I will go to great lengths to, if I'm ordering in, to ask them to use an, you know, an, an olive oil, which could be cut with canola oil, as we know. But, you know, sometimes I've gone even as far to bring a bottle of my olive Me too. To this <laughs> like I'm, I could be a little bit, you know, extreme <laughs> sometimes, but that's for totally. myself and my family. But I do. And that's also when I'm not feeling great. Right. And, but also yeah. I don't want to put seed oils in my body because what happens to me when I have seed oils is that I feel the pain almost immediately. Yeah. So my body aches, the soles of my feet become, feel like pins and needles. So I'll know if that oil that they said that was olive and it was not because it was really cut with canola or mixed, or they didn't tell me, which has happened to me before the yeah. next morning, I'm like, ah, there we go. I had the seed oils. I could feel it pretty quickly because I don't consume it. So I actually appreciate very much what you're saying. And yes, I do try to take that middle ground because I really come from the point of view is everyone needs to do what's best for them at the time and in the moment. So if you are struggling, like what Julie's talking about, then yes, you need to employ something more extreme in terms of your mm -hmm. eating habits, your supplements, what you're doing, managing that stress. So depending on how quickly you want to feel better, that's that's what you have to make that decision. So I love that you I said that, that, Julie, and I am so on the same page. Like, I think it's great. And I totally 100% agree. Yeah, so I hear you. And one thing I love is the idea of just take the, just take one step up the ladder. So yeah. for you, if you're eating out seven days a week, yeah. then just learning five dishes that are super easy or, or buying things that are ready-made, but extremely healthy, that's a massive step forward. And that's all we need. Our brain simply needs progress. I love this a study with Tony Robbins. I love him saying happiness is not perfection. Happiness is progress. As long as you take one step up, you're like, whoa, look at me. I did something awesome for myself. Yeah. And, and there you go. Cause I, I know that radical often backfires. So I, I hear you on the emotional eating side. Yeah. And also just small steps make a big difference, right? These, you know, for example, like if you're eating out seven days a week, but now you start to cook, let's say one or two homemade meals a week, you might start to feel better. And then the more you do it, the more you're going to feel better. And then you're going to want to do it all the time. Right. So it becomes that progression, which is absolutely true. Totally. So what, can you give us some examples of some really good food choices that we can have for breakfast, for lunch, for dinner, for snacks? Cause I think it's becomes for many of us, it's like, okay, I want to do better. I want to try to eat better but I just don't know what to eat. <laughs> so sure. what should we be, you know, looking at when it comes to consuming? We know that in perimenopause and menopause, we want to focus on protein, good quality fats, vegetables, fruits, you know, in more, in less, you know, less quantities. You want to look at your whole grains. You want to look at your legumes, if you can tolerate them and our nuts and seeds. Again, in that kind of, I, I look at it as the major category. And then we've got the category of less. And in some cases, you know, you can interchange, but as a, as a whole, when it comes to this phase of life. So if you could share some ideas, that would be awesome. Sure. I mean, my favorite breakfast right now is baked pancakes because I hate standing over a pan and I certainly hate frying things in oil. So when, when I made a decadent pancake, that is so tasty. You actually don't even need to oil the pan. I bake yummy. them in unbleached parchment paper. And this makes like I double the recipe. So my dad, who who's really trying to get healthy, he will have them all throughout the week. You just pop them in the toaster. They taste incredible. So that sort of breakfast is perfect. And I make it in the blender in just minutes. And then you so just pour it in. And then I just pour it in a pan and, and then, then you cook. cut them up. Yeah. So you, you're, they're making square pancakes because you make a sheet pan of them and then you okay. cut them after the fact. 
um, and they taste heavenly. They've got like nut butter in them and they've got 10 eggs for a double batch, which is ridiculously healthy. Cause then every time you're eating them, you're just loading up on that protein, which is going to keep you ultra satiated. Another one I love making is my rise ups, which are kind of like egg muffins. So they're, they're like a mini fatata but they're so fast and easy. And again, you bake them once on a Sunday and you have them all through the week. So I do a lot of that kind of batch cooking on the weekends. That's a good idea. And then for, for lunches, I'm not gonna lie, almost always it's a big salad and I'll, I'll shred an entire cabbage on the weekend. Oh, I'm so obsessed. And then I've got that to use in different ways throughout the week. And my favorite cabbage is a Napa cabbage because it's a cross between like a crunch of a lettuce and the health benefits of a cabbage, but doesn't ever make you bloated or have gas the way cabbage can. So I absolutely love that dish. And like, I just, I'm just thinking like, what did I eat today? Cause I want to like give you fast answers. Um, I had a massive Napa cabbage salad and the Napa cabbage, I was lucky enough to find a purple one called a Merlot Napa. I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm in California. It's so exciting. <laughs> so I go to the farmer's market and I load up on these beautiful things. And then I slice thinly slice an apple in there that's providing a little bit of calcium to glucate, which I know you talk about because it's so good for metabolizing your hormones. And then um, my salad dressing is redonkulous. Like my salad dressing is so good. Like I dream about it because it's really good quality olive oil. <laughs> and then I know I do. Oh, like today I was like, I can't wait to have it for lunch. <laughs> uh, I had it right before I came on the line because I wanted that extra pop of omega-3 because I put 10 anchovies in it. Oh, I so love anchovies. So it's super umami. It's the best. It's it the is best. super salty, super umami. Oh, so you get so like this good. hit of deep satiation that I put one dash of hot sauce, definitely some Herbamere. So I know you oh, love Vogels. So lots of good yeah. herbs in there. 12 anti-inflammatory spices in the Herbamere. And then I put lots of... Uh, nutritional yeast, extra vitamin B1, which is really good for your mood. So I'm very positive. And then the last <laughs> ingredient that I absolutely love in there is chopped celery because yeah. the celery provides a fiber that when whipped in the blender creates an emulsifying agent that yeah. makes a perfectly creamy dressing without dairy. Now that is a cool tip. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> so again, so I, I don't know if you, um, so are all of these recipes in your book, like in your cookbooks, like can we get Yeah, like, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. And I'm actually running the hot detox right now, which is an incredible detoxification course. And that Caesar salad is from the hot detox. So yes, so, I'm okay, very so excited. Can we, I want to put a link below so people- Sure, can... so it's just hotdetox.com. Amazing. Hot detox. Yeah. Hot detox. I, I made sure to spend the money on the expensive hot detox.com because <laughs> everyone can find me instead of Julie Daniluk, <laughs> which yeah, is yeah. a crazy name. Why yeah. did I ever think that juliedaniluk.com was a good idea? <laughs> but that, that's a great idea. Hot detox.com. Yes. So it's awesome. Yes. So you can, people, you know, our listeners can go there. They can learn more. Yeah. They can join your course. They can buy your books. Yes. We're going to put links yes. to all your books below. Thank you. You're so going much. sugar free is one of my absolute Aww. favorite. Oh, I thank love you. their cookbook. Thank and you also, you. you also do a lot of grain free recipes, which I know now I'm completely grain free. So I'm yeah. grain free, sugar free, dairy free. That's my, my big thing. And I'm not going to lie. I, I eat less and less uh, complicated foods. And I've learned how to make a bread, a muffin, a cookie that doesn't have any of these nasty ingredients. So I stay incredibly balanced. So mm -hmm. I have those treats because I think you need a treat virtually every day to stay the course. Because if you have that treat, you're like, 
oh, I rewarded myself. I got my dopamine hit and I don't need to have the junk. And that's what I've started to feel so good that I chase the feeling instead of chasing a food that only makes you feel good for five minutes while it's on your tongue. Well, I'm a big fan of having the treats too. So what are some examples of some of those treats? Because oh my I, you know, gosh. I, okay. Share some of that because I do love, I mean, I do. And Randy and I actually, Randy is, is my co-founder at Morpheus and been my business partner for 23 years. The two of business partners a long time. And she was saying to me the other day, we were traveling last week, we were in Philly and she was like, you know, I, when I eat, I really love to have something sweet after. So what is like, what are some examples of some treats that we could do making that healthier choice? Well, I just made a birthday cake for my niece that has no flour or sugar or dairy, no added flour. It's so good. And, and the secret ingredient is zucchini. Well, it turns out that zucchini, zucchini I'm obsessed. It has this incredible moisture to it. So when it's blended in the blender, it creates this amazing jelly-like, just creates a moisture to it that allows you to feel like you're having an authentic piece of cake. And I I love this cake so much that I recently served it at my two-year-old nephew's birthday. And no word of a lie, the kids went ravenous for it. So if you're worried about kids not liking veggies, just peel the zucchini because, you know, if you don't want a Hulk cake, then you could peel it. But if you want to have extra nutrition, you leave that on and you just say it's Shrek cake or Hulk cake or whatever latest superhero that's green. And the kids absolutely went bananas for it. Like I had kids running back saying, can I have one more piece? And we went, we went through like a, a cake for 25 kids in, in a heartbeat. So I know that you can get these kids enrolled if it tastes good enough. That is the ultimate test of the, is the kids. Like the yeah. ultimate test. I remember when I, my kids were growing up and we'd have birthday parties and I would get all these like birthday cake alternatives because when I, when I wrote on drunk or drunk, but I'm like, there is no food coloring in our cake. You know, like we're not doing yeah. that. And a lot of the times the kids were like, yeah, I'm going to pass. <laughs> like they were like, no, not so good. Yeah. So I love I hear you. Fact, I love the fact that you it has to have that mouthfeel. It has, has to taste like a test. cupcake. Yeah. yeah. And last it. but not least is gummies. Cause kids love candy yeah. and a, gu- a good old gummy bear is so worthwhile. And if you get them the little plunger and you get them to make their own gummies, kids are way more enrolled to eat the treats that they've made themselves. Yeah. So that's one thing I love to do with um, my little nephew. Who's, who's just got the eye, the eye hand coordination to make them. And they are just so delicious. And of course they're just fruit and a whole bunch of collagen. And that's so helpful for their developing brains and joints and helping them grow big and tall and strong. And for us adults. That yeah, of course. For us, it's all about the beauty, baby. <laughs> I'm like, well, we're dude, doing all right. Collagen gummies sound good to me. All right. So yeah. Julie, this is awesome. I mean, I love, you yeah. know what I love about you? I love how passionate you are about food Aww. and I love how passionate you are about cooking. I mean, you know, for me, I, as a nutritionist, I just don't love to cook. It's just, I'm, I, right. I, we all have our thing, right? And for you, you love to cook. You, you put out incredible cookbooks. And I, I really do believe our viewers are going to love your cookbooks. And I'm excited Aww. for your new book. I'm excited for the, yes. edition, the revised edition. I think that's terrific. When it's out, let me know. I'm going to have you back on the show so we can Thank talk you. about that and go through that. And then um, is there anything that we didn't talk about today? I know we're going to see you in a couple of weeks <sighs> at the live event. We're going to dig deeper. So for those of you who can't attend the live event in Ontario, 
you, we're definitely going to be selling the recordings afterwards. So if you sign mm -hmm. up for our newsletter, we will send out the information of how to purchase them. So you still can feel like you're a part of it, even though you're not in person. But if you do live in Ontario or you're nearby, please, we'd love to have you in person. So it was absolutely, incredible. we're going to get into stuff. I, I, I mentally flagged a couple of things that we need to go in depth on when we meet That's each amazing. other live. And I can't wait to share more about blood sugar balance and more about how to turn off your fight or flight response. It's going to be just awesome. Heal your gut, heal your brain. It's going to be a delightful way to make sure that menopause is, um, is a rite of passage and an empowering time for us to move into our queen. We live our life hoping to be a princess and now we're moving powerfully into our queen and we are ready to take over the kingdom. <laughs> so you know, I love that. I think we should give out crowns at the live event. <laughs> we should give out like actual crowns. <laughs> it's Halloween. I love that. Like, it's Halloween month. So I, I love that. It. Oh, Thank I you, love Julie. that. Where can, yeah. So we know hotdetox.com. How else can people get in touch with you if they want to well, learn more? I'm on, yeah, majorly on social media at Julie Dalek, where I bust a lot of junk food and have a lot of fun with teaching anti-inflammatory nutrition on TikTok, Instagram, Amazing. all those spots. So excited uh, to get to know you. I definitely uh, love to respond to your questions. So hit me there and hit me at juliedanlack.com and also have a great support group at thrivewithjulie.com. Thank Amazing. you. Lots of ways. And we have it under your name right here for her, for her social media. And uh, Julie, you're the best. I love you. Thank you for viewing Aww. this today. Same. Thank you so much, Andrea. I can't wait to hug you live. I know, me too. I love how passionate Julie is about health and nutrition and cooking. Now we're the same age, so she is right there with us in perimenopause and menopause. If you enjoyed it, please share it because the more you share shows you care and please leave us a review. I read them all and it just means the world to me to hear what you think about our amazing podcast. Also, I hope that you get to meet Julie and me on October 21st in Markham, Ontario for the Power of Menopause live event. Again, the registration link is below or you can go to thepowerofmenopause.com. Thanks for spending the last hour and a bit with me. I appreciate you and I'll see you at the next interview.